0: Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. Do you have a favorite player that you like to read about or like to study or have heard about or even that plays today, such as Mike Trout, but in the old days, maybe Mickey Mantle or Roger Maris or Whitey Ford or Stan Musial or Bob Feller? Lou Gehrig or so many others. Maybe those are your heroes. My hero is Babe Ruth. I think he's the greatest legend in baseball, and he actually turned baseball on its ear after joining the Yankees in 1920. He was traded by the Boston Red Sox to New York, and he began slugging home runs as no pitcher had seen before, and the dead ball era was soon forgotten. He would be instrumental in shifting public interest away from the Black Sox scandal in Chicago in 1919, quite possibly saving the sport from uncertainty. The attention given to Ruth in sports pages and magazines across America transcended that given to politics and movie stars, and through 1926, he had hit 356 homers in 13 seasons. So it was no surprise that enormous crowds would show up to see him play especially when he would spend the off-season barnstorming across America with a slew of players, including his Yankees teammate Lou Gehrig. When teams left Florida after spring training, too, they would head north to begin the regular season, but not after stopping in cities on the way to play exhibition games. So Nashville was one of those cities, and on April the 6th, 1924, the Yankees faced Brooklyn, and the game ended up being a tie 8-8 in front of, if you can believe it, 12,000 fans, some who lined the outfield hills due to the overflow. They stopped the game so the teams could make the train to move on to the next city. There were hits into the right and center field crowds, and there were ruled doubles. With any hit into the left field throng would be ruled a triple. Unusual ground rules for that game. And before the game, someone gave Ruth two large twists of Tennessee tobacco. Don't know what happened to that tobacco. My guess is he would have passed it around with his players. So many wanted to get a look at Ruth. At 3 p.m. that day, the ticket office was closed so the game could begin. And some fans had come to the park as early as 9 a.m. They were anticipating his arrival. Now, the next season, two games took place in 1925 with Ruth aboard. The first on April 1, when the Dodgers met the Yankees in Nashville. Brooklyn lost to New York 10-7, where Ruth had a single and a double. And although both teams wrapped out 30 hits between them, some must have felt the game was boring. To some scoundrel lit a fire in the grandstand to liven things up a bit. That's pretty dangerous in a wooden grandstand. The local exchange club rounded up 700 orphans. That was a nice touch for the next game to see their hero sock a four-bagger. Ruth invited them to come, and then he let them down. But with free soda pop and noisemakers, it was a fine time for each one of those children. Ruth had a single but played flawlessly in right field, as Brooklyn won 9-8 to eight on a two-run double by Cotton Tierney in the ninth inning. Ruth made another appearance in Nashville on April 1, 1926, in a game between the Yankees and the Brooklyn Robins, postponed from the day before due to cold wind and snow. Newspaper reports ballyhooed the arrival of Ruth and the stars of both clubs. and anticipation turned to depression when Ruth did not get a home run much less even a measly hit, and only made it to first base on a walk. But Lou Gehrig had a homer, as did Tony Lazaria, and the Yankees won 11-4. to Now, in 1927, there was new anticipation, because New York came to Nashville to face the St. Louis Cardinals, the team that beat the Yankees in the 1926 World Series. The excitement surrounding the Bambino playing in Nashville's brand spanking new ballpark, Sulphurdale, was not limited to the average fan. On the morning of April the 7th, the day of the game, the 65th General Assembly of Tennessee adjourned early to see the game. A resolution had been adopted to invite Ruth to address the Senate, but Ruth sent word that it would be impossible for him to appear because of a lack of time. Perhaps he stayed out late swatting down a couple of brewskies at the Andrew Jackson Hotel the night before. After all, he was known as the Sultan of SWAT. But I'll tell you that's pretty powerful when an appearance is not accepted to, to go to the state senate, so the state senate adjourned and goes down to see Ruth play. That's a pretty powerful drawing power. In the bottom half of the first inning, Ruth lived up to his fame and he hit a scorching liner that cleared the outfield fence. Adding to his legend, some said it landed in a railroad car that ended up in Birmingham, Alabama, to set a record for distance. Well, that would be a 200-mile-long homer. With a damp field under cloudy skies, 5,000 fans saw the Cardinals beat the Yankees 10-8 to and a repeat performance of the World Series the season before. But Ruth would go on to hit 60 home runs that season, a mark that was a long time standing before Roger Maris hit 61. Facing Nashville's Benny Fry in the first inning on April the 4th, 1928, Ruth smashed a towering home run. Hitless for the remainder of the game, Nashville scored in the bottom of the 10th to win 11-10 over New York. After a one-year hiatus from appearing in Nashville, the Yankees returned to face the hometown Vols again on April the 9th, 1930. And during batting practice before the game, Ruth hit three balls out of the park to the delight of the fans that were on hand. Catcher Bill Dickey hit two home runs for New York during the contest, while Ruth was hitless and walked three times, each time left for a pinch runner, Bill Carlin. And New York won the game 8-3. By this time, Ruth had led the American League in home runs for five consecutive seasons with 47, 60, 54, 46, and 49. And with a new contract valued at $80,000 for the season ahead, he was destined to do so again in 1931, and he did with 46. Considered to be in the best shape he'd been in some time, he arrived in Nashville on Sunday, April the 5th, 1931, for a two-game set versus the Vols. He cracked a home run in the first game, but not before taking in a round of 18 holes at Belmead Country Club, where he had an 81. That afternoon, the Yankees and Vols faced off on a chilly afternoon before 3,500 fans and the visiting team won 14 to 5. But in the second game, the Yankees embarrassed the Nashville Ball Club by scoring 23 runs to 3 for the home team, and Ruth had two singles. The Vols were embarrassed again two years later when New York won 13 to nothing on April the 4th, 1933. Ruth had two singles, and Nashville's defense racked up 23 assists in front of only 2,500 fans. And once again, Ruth scheduled a round of golf at Bellmead, but called it off due to time constraints. I guess if he couldn't see the Senate, he couldn't play a round of golf at Bell Mead. Now, manager Charles Dressen's Nashville Vols won over the Yankees 5-4 to four at Sulfordale on April the 7, 1934. This time, there were 3,000 fans on hand, and the Yankees were stymied by the pitching of Hal Stafford, who relieved in the fifth inning and allowed only four hits through the last five innings while striking out five for Nashville. James P. Dawson, New York Times reporter, described Sulphurdale's unique feature as the right field is cut out of a hill and is terraced, making it necessary for a fly chaser to combine hill climbing ability with speed and accuracy in fielding the ball. And Ruth was one of those fly chasers. Dawson reported that the babe almost broke one of his legs catching Bill Rodda's fly on the climb in the first. The babe slipped and stumbled, but climbed on and came up with the ball. Ruth went two for four that day, as did Lou Gehrig, and neither hit a home run. Now, the next day, the teams played before a crowd of 5,000, and the Vols beat Joe McCarthy's Yankees 6-5 to for the second day in a row. And Dawson reported in the New York newspaper that two home runs at Sulphur Dell cleared the high fence and a 30-foot wire extension on the abbreviated mountain in right field. Neither of them was hit by Ruth, but he was two for three and drove in two runs. Lou Gehrig was one for two, and Bill Dickey was hitless in five appearances at the plate. It was Ruth's last appearance in Nashville. But Ruth, always the man who seemed larger than life, according to reports about the way he lived it, made his appearances in Nashville and contributed to his larger-than-baseball persona. Well, that's the story of Babe Ruth coming to Nashville several times, He's my hero. He always will be, I think. I don't think I'll ever not admire Babe Ruth for what he did and how he saved baseball, in my opinion. And I appreciate you listening in. If you want to contact me and tell me how you like this story, or if there's another story or something else you'd like me to research, feel free to email me at 262downright at gmail.com. I am always grateful that you are listening, and I hope you'll join me again another time.